We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Road of His Baseball Podcast. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I am delighted to once again be joined by Michael Dubner on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, uh, Colin. We we just finished up recording the Optimal Draft Month podcast, and we have another important uh, topic to discuss here today. And if you've been reading all of the you know the Road of His Best Ball lessons, and are, you're now finally drafting your teams with your uh, probably barbell approach to draft month. The topic we're going to discuss here now is how do you actually track to see if you're implementing all of these lessons and, t- and tactics tactics in your teams. And so we're going to talk about here the importance of tracking our best ball teams and how we actually do that. You know, you, you kind of give away the spoiler there to say that we are recording back-to-back shows. These are, uh, <laughs> that's top secret information. Uh uh, for the best ball show, we do sometimes stock these up because most of the comp- or the content we do talk about in these podcasts are evergreen. So we do have that opportunity to you know hold them back a couple of days. A lot of the information that's one of the things about doing an NFL podcast, especially when you're in season. You know, 45 minutes later, the information we've talked about could be null and void. So this is going to be a fun show. Michael has posted this on Twitter a number of times, and I've retweeted it. But it's a fantastic tool that he has created to be able to manage your best ball exposures it is the advanced version at this point we'll call it version five but uh he's managing player exposures tracks roster constructions the pick number the draft month results tracker so much in it but before we actually get into the tool the biggest question here for people who may not you know have drafted many leagues at a, a one time i know like you know four or five years ago i went from one season doing like 10 best ball drafts when it was the mfl 10 days to like you know 350 the next season so you know people do ramp up pretty quick when they get that best ball bug but what is so important and why should people listen and be tracking their player exposures you know i think that if you're new to best ball you're and you're you're used to just drafting in one home league every year in, in that case you're, you're just going to pick the players that you like the most and ha- have fun with it but if you're going to be drafting best ball some people don't just draft 10 teams. Some people don't draft 20 teams. Some people are drafting hundreds of teams, even thousands of teams. So when you have that many uh, teams that you're drafting, you certainly want to have exposure to a variety of players. You don't want all of your eggs in one basket. You want to have a, diver- a diversity of players so that way you can win in different ways the season might play out. You know, 
everyone has injuries and you don't want one injury to sink your entire portfolio of rosters. So it's kind of like a stock market. You don't want to put all of your eggs in one individual stock. Many people will put their money in an index fund. So that way they have uh, exposure to a variety of stocks. And so that's what we're trying trying to do with managing our best ball portfolio. So we're trying to get a diversity of players so that way we can still win and not get sunk by one small event happening. Um, and so that there's a variety of ways we can win and make money ultimately. Yeah, and I know we want to be like, we want 100% exposure to Sky Moore stock, but uh, how should we be balancing that? Have you like any advice in terms of percentages to these players? I'm on record last year as having, in my opinion, too much exposure to James Conner when it came to the start of the season, but that worked out really well then come the end of the season. But there was a point where I was like, yeah, I have to stop drafting him, but I, I just couldn't get it out of my system. Is there a point where you're saying, oh, this should be, um, you know, we shouldn't be getting this amount of this player if it's like 40%, for example. Um, some people will have the approach of, you know, try and get a balanced portfolio, 10% of this quarterback, this quarterback, this quarterback, try and balance it out over the season. I'm much more of like, I'm going to take a hit this season or I'm going to win big this season approach quite often where I'll have numerous players that are, and that 18 to 25 percent range maybe up as far as 30 but wh what's your thoughts um on that overall as a whole well i think really diversification is really just another way of saying what is your risk tolerance so you know on our favorite players of course we want them to hit but if they do miss what is our risk tolerance for returning zero dollars on all of our best ball teams so diver diversification really uh, helps mitigate some of that risk so if you're someone who's very aggressive, that you're willing to lose all of your best ball entries, well, in that case, you know, theoretically, it would be fine to go 100% on one player. Of course, we're not going to recommend that because we, you know, in the case a player gets injured in the preseason, we don't want that to sink all of our teams. So that's kind of one of the reasons why you want you don't want 100% exposure to one player. You know, there's a wide range of outcomes in the NFL. And so I think it also comes down to, uh, there isn't one hard, fast number I typically use as a cutoff. I think it also matters based on the the ADP at which you're selecting a player. So with the early round players, you know, it, it, first of all, it's hard to get high exposure to any one player because it also depends on your draft slot. While later in the rounds, you could theoretically take a player ahead of the ADP and have 100% exposure to someone. So I think that also, you know, early, I'd say early round ADP is a little bit more efficient and later round ADP is a little bit more inefficient. So in that case, you might want to, uh, you know, stay true to ADP a little bit more early in the draft uh, while being able to break ADP later in the draft. And so all of that is to say, I think my general rule of thumb is in the first two or three rounds, you know, my top owned players might be maximum, maximum, maximum 20%. Probably if I like a player, it's probably more in like the 12 to 15% range. If I hate a player, no, I might still want some exposure because at the end of the day, they're still going early for a reason. So, I, you know, the, the least amount of exposure I'll have to someone and say the first three rounds is probably like three to 5% for the players I absolutely don't want any of essentially. And so later in the rounds, I might be willing to bump up my exposures a bit to say, uh, you know, if I think of like last year, KJ Hamler was my highest owned player. It, it it didn't work out, but I think I had about 35 to 40% of him at the end of the day. And, you know, it, it didn't really matter all that much because when you're drafting a player with that low opportunity cost late in the rounds, 
doesn't really matter as much if you miss, but if you hit big on them, that's kind of when you win everything. Um, so, you know, later in the rounds, I'm willing to bump it up to maybe, you know, 35% is pretty aggressive players. I, I like, but don't love might be, you know, more in like the 20% range. Yeah, no, that, that's very fair. And KJ, I was going to say KJ Hamler was one of my uh, highest uh, exposures last year. And then when I, it obviously didn't work out at all for us. We were kind of very excited at one point, but then it just uh, disappeared very quickly. But, you know, LaVisca Chenault um, for last season was one of my highest exposures, you know, in the kind of between the, at one point in the seventh round all the way up to the fifth round. But then James Conner was also in a lot of those rosters, which kind of helped me there. But you did mention um, you know KJ Hammer, who was going kind of between the 20th round up as far as the 16th round at some points and then you know other players that have been in there was the likes of Rondell Moore I targeted heavily but it was kind of the 12th 13th round so some of those other decisions like Debo Samuel for example balanced those out very well throughout the season so it is a case of balancing them out but I think your point there on you know grading it through the rounds is is very very well put so excellent stuff there and just one last thing you know as an example the players who I would call quote unquote, my guys, those are typically guys I have 30% plus of, and you know, that's pretty aggressive exposure, but I'll have maybe three players max with 30% exposure. Last year it was Hamler, T Higgins and DJ Moore. And so I'd say like 30% range is my guys, you know, some players who are less aggressive with their exposures, they would even claim that 20% of a guy is a lie. And so I think it really just at the end of the day, it comes down to your risk tolerance. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Moving on now to the tool itself. Um, it is your pin tweet on Twitter. It is in today's show notes as well if people want to check it out. It is free. Uh, it's an Excel file, a Google online file. I would highly recommend using this, even if you maybe want to go in and check it out and think, well, maybe I'll not use it right now. Bookmark it, something that can be helpful throughout the season. But we have Michael here now. We're going to get him to to dive in and help us maybe to to understand a little bit more through it. But the other thing I'll mention is on that pin tweet you have on Twitter, you also have a, a link tweet, which is two or three tweets down. 
and it is basically a video demo and you have a number of different demos of how to use the tool so i think you know the effort you've gone to be able to show people how to use it is, is great it's a very intuitive tool but if you can you know get get a free demo as well on how to use it that that's fantastic but uh, just give a little bit of a background into the tool and uh, the advantages to it i know you can pull in a lot of external information as well yeah, you know, I, I think that as someone who's been playing best ball since, I don't know, the, the draft days, what was that, back in 2014, uh, we didn't have a lot of tools available to us. You know, Underdog fortunately provides us with a lot of player exposure data, but back then we didn't have that opportunity. And even today, uh, you know, drafters and Underdog provides good exposure data, but DraftKings, I mean, they don't provide us with anything. So even with those sites, you, you do have to track it manually. Um, but besides that, I, I don't want just... Uh, tracking data for player exposures. I want to be able to track a lot more stuff that I can customize myself. And so as someone who's been playing best ball for seven or eight years now, I want to figure out, you know, am I actually implementing the Rotoviz best ball workshop lessons in reality? A lot of times when we're on the clock, you know, we might see that fourth round running back falling past ADP and think, you know, this is the one time I'm going to deviate and take the, the dead zone running back. Well, you might be doing that a lot more often than you realize. And so it's important to actually track that and see how, how frequently you're actually implementing the winning best ball lessons. Uh, additionally, you know, b besides just player exposures, we're able to tr track things such as draft month and, you know, are we actually doing the barbell approach to draft month? Um, are we able to, you know, we're able to track our roster constructions and perhaps, you know, most importantly, one thing I found that the, even at the end of last year, even with underdog and some of these more advanced, uh, sites, it's really hard to track your results. You know, how much money did you actually put in and how much money did you actually win? And, you know, were you more successful in fast drafts or slow drafts or certain draft months? And so we're able to track our result, results as well. Um, and so I think just being able to have all this information available to us uh, is important to see how, if we're actually implementing these lessons at a, at a uh, rate that we would like. Yeah. And sometimes I, I think some of the biggest benefits to using the tools on the site and for things like you have here is sometimes in our head, we can talk ourselves into, yeah, I'm doing that right. Or I'm doing, this is going to hold you accountable and tell you exactly what you are doing. So um, that's the difference in like, oh yeah, I drafted perfectly there versus how's things going in the, the long run. So yeah, really, really um, good information. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, that's a great way to put it. And I'm going to have to steal that from you. The, the tracker at the end of the day just holds you accountable. We all have, and I, I think we all have to be held accountable at, at certain points for di for different things. Um, when we're looking into it, just looking through it, it does have the rosters, exposures, it does have the roster import tool, the results list, the ADP import. These are multiple tabs that is there on the tool, but uh, there is a welcome tab as well, which is going to give you information to be able to, you know, work the tool as well as it also has the video link to that demonstration kind of thread of, of tweets that I have mentioned there. When we're looking into it, though, if somebody hasn't maybe used a template like this or, you know, I, I know you've simplified this as much as possible, but what should we be telling people who are like, oh, you know, it's an Excel file. I'm not very tech savvy. What should I be, be doing here to, to keep it as simple as possible? Yeah, you know, I think you mentioned before that I tried to make it as intuitive as possible. And even then, I still recognize that certain people who aren't quite as, you know, Excel savvy or, or they're kind of scared of spreadsheets, um, you know, it could still be a, a daunting task to see all these tabs and it could be a little bit confusing. So the first thing I would recommend is clicking on that video demonstration thread in the welcome tab because that will take you to all of the links. And the, the video demonstrations are also 
linked throughout the, the tabs in the correct location. So if you ever have a question, just try to find one of those. But the, the place where I would start um, is, so when you, when you click in the, into the tweet, it's gonna say view only. So you have to click file, make a copy, so that way you have your own copy of the spreadsheet. And at that point, the first thing I would do is I would start entering my rosters. So you click on the rosters tab, and this is the, the only thing you have to do in the tracker is uh, put in your player picks. After that, the tracker does everything else automatically. All the exposures and your, uh, your, you know, your player exposures, your roster constructions, all of that done is automatically. The only thing you need to do is put your rosters into the rosters tab. And so I built a couple of tools to help with that. That's the roster import tool tab, which can help. But if you want to, you can just manually type in the names of the players. The only thing I would note is on the rosters tab, the one requirement is, is you should be filling out the metadata. And the one requirement in the metadata is you need a league ID. And for that, it might sound a little bit confusing. At the end of the day, it only needs to be a unique set of numbers and letters. So I just point that out because sometimes people put in their players and they think that's all they need to do. But no, I do recommend putting in the roster metadata because that is how the, the tracker actually tracks everything together based off teams. That's awesome. And when we go through the tabs, I listed out some of them earlier, but you know, it does have all the players' names in it. So if you are drafting and you're like, oh, I don't want to type in, you know, Austin Eckler's name again, you can, you know, copy it from one tab and just simply paste it in. Uh, it gives you the team information position. Obviously, you'll probably you'll you know the position that he plays, but just gives you that data that you can copy across. Has all the different tournaments and, and so on and so forth as well to, to be able to paste over that information. But when we're looking through it, and you mentioned that's really all that has to be done. Is there any other key tips or, or tricks for people to, you know, give, give your, uh, you know, quick plug as to why this is the, the must use tool for your success in, in 2022? Well, you know, if you haven't started using the tracker yet, I do have a, you know, an exciting announcement that's coming up in the next few weeks. And that's primarily if you're playing on underdog, I do have a multi-roster import tool that will be able to upload thousands of underdog rosters in less than probably two minutes time. So Only thousands? <laughs> <laughs> well, not all of us are drafting millions of best ball rosters like home <laughs> over here. But so certainly keep an eye out for that because that will make your life a lot easier. Right now you do need to um, upload teams kind of one by one, which at the end of the day, it takes maybe 10 minutes total to do maybe 50 to 100 teams. So it doesn't take that long. Um, so the, the things I just want to highlight the importance of, the only things you need to actually do are track your rosters. You have to put in the picks, put in your metadata, such as the platform, the tournament name, the entry fee, all of that. After that, everything else is done automatically, all of your exposures. Um, and so it's a really good way to stay organized, especially if you're playing across multiple platforms like I am. If you're playing on Underdog, DraftKings, FFPC, Drafters, the tracker is able to track all of those teams in one place. Uh, so that way you can see if, you know, say uh, uh, the ADP of one player is different on another site, you might be getting your exposure elsewhere. And so you can kind of track all that in one place. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is like, it might seem like work to add in those rosters, but the amount of information this tool will give you, and particularly if you're drafting now, we're talking here in mid-May. If you do draft, let's say 20 teams in the next two or three weeks, and then you draft over the next two or three months, say 60 teams, and then come uh, August, you draft another like you know 
80 teams, that's going to leave you in a situation where when you're in August, you're going to be like, who have I drafted? Where have I drafted? I know, like, for example, when I'm playing at the FFPC, they do have a tool that will show you for their site, but it often then isn't exactly split across even each tournament. It'll be your season-long leagues, your best ball tournament leagues, everything will be mixed up. So this way here, when it comes to that, you'll just one click and you'll be able to see all that information right in front of you. So there, there's no reason. And the one thing I would say is if you're drafting now, I know you teased a tool that may be coming up in the next week or two, but if you are drafting now, adding them in now. I always think like if you do things as you go, it's rather than like, yeah, 40 rosters now, I'm not going to add all those in start adding them in as you go it's a lot less work along the way but um yeah fantastic tool one little uh trick i have to that i I completely agree that i track it probably uh you know as frequently as possible because when you get behind on it that's when it becomes more of a daunting task so the trick i have right now you know once we have the underdog uh, multi-roster import tool that's kind of a different story you can kind of bulk add all those at once but for the other sites what my uh, strategy is right now is I'll, I'll enter a draft, say on drafters, DraftKings, or FFPC, and I'll take a screenshot on my phone of the draft board uh, as soon as I start it. That way, uh, I say every Sunday, once a week, I scroll through my screenshots and I will start I'll, on my desktop, then I'll go to that draft. Um, and plug in all of the draft, uh, the, the roster picks and the metadata. And from the screenshot on your phone, you can actually get the draft date. So that's um, one way you can get uh, get your draft start date. And also on the screenshot, it'll say the person who who's on currently on the clock. Say you take the screenshot in like the after the f- first couple of picks. So you're in the fourth round. You see someone on the clock. It says 25 seconds left on their clock. That's how you know it's a fast draft. If it says a couple of hours, that's how you know it's a slow draft. And so this is just a, a way to kind of, um, you know, maybe once a week you go through your screenshots. Once when you track the team, you delete the screenshot. So that way, you know, every screenshot on your phone is a team that you have to add to your tracker. And so this is just a way to stay organized. So that way, you know, you don't have to track your drafts immediately when you do it, but you say you do it once a week. So that way it's a little bit more manageable, but you do these screenshots. So that way, you know, which teams you actually need to track and you have some information from the screenshots that you'll need to add to your metadata, such as your draft start date, as well as the draft speed. That, that's awesome. We've covered a lot of ground there and uh, hopefully the listeners have enjoyed it, but I would highly recommend them both following you on Twitter and also using the tool. And it is at Dubner underscore Michael, and that is D-U-B-N-E-R. And when we look then, the other part is that tool is free, absolutely free. So it's in today's show notes. You can go and get that. But if you want to really optimize yourself for success in fantasy in 2022, particularly in best ball leagues, but all other formats as well, head on over to rotaviz.com and get a subscription there. As a loyal podcast listener, though, you can get yourself a discount of 10% using the code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. That gets you access to all of the content and tools, all of the new underdog tools up on the website, all of the FFPC tools. So it sets you up perfect for your 2022 draft season. And uh, yeah, no, no excuses now. Head on over. Use michael's uh, tracker use uh, the road of his tools and will be set up for 2022 success but that's going to wrap it up for today's show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and thank you again to michael for coming on the show you can follow him again as i mentioned at dubner underscore michael michael it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast yeah thanks for having me on colin this was a a, a great podcast here and I, I do recognize just you know one last thing i do recognize that it's probably hard to follow uh you know 
discussing this tracker just via audio. So at one point, you know, certainly take a look for yourself, look at the demonstrations, and I'll hopefully at one point be able to uh, demo it on a video, the entire tracker at once. That way it's a lot more visual. You're able to see it in front of you and it will be a lot more clear when we can see it. Uh, but uh, thank you again, Colm, for having this opportunity to uh, share it with the people here at Rotoviz. Uh, and any other questions, I guess, get on Twitter, ask Michael. I'm sure he'll be willing to help you out. But that's going to wrap us up. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Until we're back with another show, have a good one.